This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. ready to get fucked how about you i am definitely also ready to get fucked um mind fucked that is Ooh, yes we did not plan that at, oh. at all we're just pretty clever like that yes so i'm back i was not here for the last episode but shout out to my team because it was wonderful and shout out to nick b fit so mm-hmm. i have a question for y'all what was your worst job? But I need you to tell me what was your favorite worst job <laughs> and your actual, like, least favorite, this job fucking suck job. What about you, Snaz? Worst job I ever had. I worked at um, a plant for, like, five to seven days, I think. And the hours were, like, 5.50 a.m. to 5.50 p.m., five days a week. It was hot. You barely got any breaks. You got this really short lunch break. I don't even think what they were doing there was legal, actually. So if OSHA's listening or the labor board, y'all need to go to Unicot. Um, it's uh, like t- 12 or 14 miles. I'm like, girls back. Go go in there because they're doing some things that, that's, that I don't think are legal. It sounds like a sweatshop. It sounds like a sweatshop. So I think I need y'all to check that out. So if anybody, anybody working for the labor board or for OSHA, yeah, yeah, come s- let me know. And worst favorite job was probably when I worked at... Wow. Arby's. Arby's. I really liked that job, but I didn't like it either because it was long hours. Arby's stays open until like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, who the fuck who is eating that? this flappy-ass meat at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? Like, I, was, I would be closing and working like all these crazy different shifts, but I liked the people that worked there, and I was a manager, so I had like a little power, which was cool. Um, but, yeah. What about you, Paris? Um, my favorite well, I'm gonna do my worst job first. Do the, yeah, do, this <clears throat> do the worst job. My worst job was Forever 21. I was there for three weeks. And I put my two weeks in, and <laughs> I told them not to schedule me for two weeks. Like it was really um, a point where I was just like, "Why am I getting paid minimum wage? It was 7:40 at the time. Um, you tell me that I'm there from two until close, which should have been 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. You know, it was back when the 12 Oaks. Forever 21, chaotic mess. Like, it was, that was the only, like, mega store really in there. Because, you know, at Forever 21, you can get anything from ball gowns to booty shorts. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> at any season. Any facts. girl can walk in there with $200 and buy a full season's wardrobe. These are facts. So, the store is blown up all the time. We would be there. I'd be like, okay, I'll get off at 11. Telling my friends, like, hey, we're about to go out after this. Then the other, I would be in there to 1 o'clock in the morning Mm-mm. at 7.40 an hour. At so, the mall. At the mall. So, I'm like, no. And so, um, once I... Got hired at Banana Republic. I then uh, decided that it was over. They paid me more to do less. So I went. Um, my favorite worst job was being a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- that was my favorite worst job. I mean, like, niggas doing coke in the bathroom. Like, Sound like my place. Like <laughs> My old life, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's always some trashy old white man coming in the bar. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just like, it's an experience. It was kind of like watching a movie uh-huh. every night. Like... Um, and made free money in the process. I mean, would I do it again? 
possibly. Not going to lie, but I mean, you know, it was my favorite workshop because honestly, you know, who wants to do that for a living? But I had to get shit done. Ideally, I wouldn't have, but hey, it is what it is. I'm but. sure there are people out there that's just like, I want to be a stripper. Yeah, I mean, like the stripper, yeah. strippers are making a come up. Like, if you're a stripper, like, like let's talk about it. Like Amber Rose, Black China, like they found love in the club, and then, and then, and and then no, no, they hustled. They yeah. did like hustle they hustled. Yeah. Like being a stripper, you have to learn how to hustle because yeah. that's sure. what your job is, one hundred percent. So you probably are like it's like being in business college, getting <laughs> paid as you do it. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Because you got to brand yourself. You got to make sure mm-hmm. that you're the baddest bitch in the club. You got to have customer service skills. Period. A whole bunch of you stuff. You got to learn how to talk to people mm-hmm. and not give a fuck It's at a the same real time. career. It's legitimate it like any other field. So what about you? Um, I'll start with my worst. Um, it was the job I just quit a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at a, a countertop fabricator company, and they did interior design stuff, too. Um, my boss was a... European gentleman who was a fucking <laughs> asshole, and he yelled at me and called me to be worse. So I left. I was like, "Oh, can I have my check so I can go?" And I just never came back. The B word. So yeah, beautiful bitch. Oh, <laughs> so because because he was mad about some shit that he deleted off of his uh I- iCloud because he deleted a whole bunch of shit by accident while deleting stuff on purpose because he was cheating on his wife, which ain't got shit to do with me, and I can't fix it. Call, go to AppleCare. So. I was told by AppleCare. And AppleCare doesn't do shit for you anyway. So. Right. And if you delete it off your iCloud, nigga, it's gone. So Favorite worst. But my favorite worst was McDonald's. So I was working at the one on 10 Mile and Telegraph, and my first day I was getting trained on the register, but this is when I still had a bad attitude. So this lady, I was helping her, and I was like, oh, it's my first day, so it's going to take me a minute. And then she, like, tried to rush me, and I was like, girl, who the fuck are you talking to? So I got moved to the grill. So <laughs> I was back there with just a whole bunch of niggas and stuff, but they were cool as fuck. Like, if you got good with them and you were nice to them and stuff, they used to, like, we had, like, this secret place where we would put, like, all the food we was taking when we left. So when mm-hmm. your shift was over, like, you would walk past it and, like, grab your little secret bag and put it in, like, your pocket or whatever. <laughs> you had, like, six chickens for your family when you got home and shit. Ate large fries and armpits. Dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really, really cool. And I, I really just liked the people that I worked with. Like, mm-hmm. although it was McDonald's and we were making food and shit, like, and McDonald's actually making the food is actually not as disgusting as people tell you. It's just all frozen. Like, it's all just frozen-ass food. But um, the reason why I quit, though, was because three months in, my manager, she decided it was good a good idea to hire a whole bunch of new people and train them on a Friday at lunchtime, and that my three-month ass was going to train them, and I was still making Big Macs in the wrong order. <laughs> so, like... She's like, yeah, you're going to do it. And she yelled at me because we were backed up. And so I threw the McChicken that I was making at her, and I left. So I love how you have a grand exit to every one of your jobs that you quit. Like, I quit. Can I, get, can I get my last check? Thanks. $20 million. I quit. Period. You want this McChicken to the face? Oh, well, you got it anyway. Yeah. It is. Yeah, most of that fast food shit is frozen. Like, when I worked yeah. at Arby's, all that shit was frozen. So Yeah. Even the lunch meat stuff? Yeah. Like, most of it came, like, frozen. Thaw it out and then slice it and then like it be just sitting there for like the whole a day or two. So just stop eating that stuff. Yeah. Ugh. The only thing that was cut like that cooked the same day was the actual roast beef. It was cooked like yeah, and we sliced it then in there. But the other meats, 
Good luck, y'all. We have the meats and Tomain poison. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> salmonella. Yeah. So you know, um, there's a really heavy topic. Um, segue from that into something a little, uh, a little more, a little, a little sad. So recently, um, Kate Spade and um, Anthony uh, Bourdain um, completed suicide um, this week. Um, it's a, always a very uh, tragic thing to to experience loved ones and to talk about um, just because, because some, so many of us suffer from our own uh, uh, battles with depression and um, anxiety. Um, so I first and foremost just want to just say, um, send our condolences out to the families yes. and, and everyone that loved these people, um, you know, so... Definitely. I'm gonna swing it over to Chantel. Yeah, it def- it's getting a little. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely shows you that people. You think of Kate Spade. She has this huge brand with designer bags, and that's branched off to other things. And then Anthony Bourdain is literally traveling the world on a constant mm-hmm. basis and eating food and experiencing cultures. And he actually did a really good job of not like you know whitewashing all of those things too. But you look from the outside and you say these people have everything and but you really have to check on people you really have to stay on people because the things that you have don't equal happiness like when they say money doesn't buy happiness and they have all this success and people think that once you have money and once you have success all your problems are gone and that's just not the case you know people deal with real life stuff you can have a whole bunch of money but life is still happening and those things create traumas and everything so I encourage everybody anyone you love just hey how are you but when you ask them how are you don't leave it at oh I'm good like so what's going on that's always my follow-up question when somebody tells me is I'm good because people will tell you I'm good because they mm-hmm. think you're just asking to be polite. So follow up with how are things going? Like what's going on in your life? Because that'll give you an actual indicator more so. Yeah, I it's it's a really sad conversation to have in general. Um, for those who are listening, um, reach out. Like if you're having a bad day, if things if things are getting too rough for you, please reach out to a friend. There are suicide hotlines that you can call for people mm-hmm. to talk you off that ledge. Um, it's just a lot of things that's going on because like this reminds me of how sad I was when Robin Williams committed suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and growing up with him and like even with Kate Spade, like my grandma uh, has Kate Spade bag. She's a Kate Spade automatic charger. Like, yeah. it, you know, there's a brand. And, like, Anthony Bourdain, like you said, we, he was just on TV a couple weeks, a couple mm-hmm. days ago. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And for, you never know, like you said, you never know what people are going through. And you shouldn't assume. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. People make assumptions. Oh, you got all of this and you're so happy and da 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 But um, Kate Spade's husband had uh, filed for divorce recently. And that's something that, of course, nobody knows. And Kate Spade is um, her her husband's David Spade's brother, um, just to kind of put a face to the name and stuff like that. Um, but she was going through something that was like the, it had to be something the cherry on top. That wasn't like the final straw. It had to be yeah. like the final straw for her. So I mean, like you just never know what people are going through, and mm-hmm. um, it's just a sad topic altogether. I just want to wish um, and pray that their families are okay. With the whole Kate Spade thing, um, actually, her husband put a statement out, and uh-huh. he said that they. We're not getting a divorce. There was no talk about divorce. Mm. She had been going to seek help for the last five years. They were co-parenting. Um, so that in a statement, he said that they were not getting divorced. Okay, so, so official really statement. From him came out yeah. um, mm-hmm. a few days ago. I read it. And 
he he he's surprised by it because they were co-parenting their daughter. They were still going on family trips. They lived a few blocks from each other. They talked every night. They were probably going to end up getting back together. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like us, it's always what we can do. What can we do? I think the biggest thing that we can do to support people or it's, is to let people know, um, is to end the stigma around people having these intrusive suicidal thoughts. I think yeah. it's completely normal to have these thoughts because sometimes life really is... It's a crazy place. Yeah, if you look is. around, being here is really hard. So we need to make sure that we're in a stigma. We're making, we're, we're creating a, um, a safe and comfortable environment for people to come to us and say, "Look, I'm having these thoughts," mm-hmm. and just be there for them yeah. as best as we can. You know, um, that's all we can do. Um, and I was doing some research, and I saw that uh, suicide has increased by like twenty five percent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And in uh, North Dakota, it's increased by fifty eight percent. Fifty eight percent in the last two decades. That's insane. Yeah. And a lot of it is um, that I saw was economical stress. Mm-hmm. Capitalism kills boy, people. Is literally one of the yeah. the main corporates, and it's not necessarily about having a lot of money. It's a, it's just about doing Surviving. so much. Mm-hmm. You got two three jobs. You're trying to make it work, and it just it gets to people sometimes, you know? Um, Definitely. So as someone that has battled depression and anxiety for, since I was like nine or 10 years old, um, the only advice I can give is to just find something little to live for. Like Mm -hmm. the other day I had a conversation with someone uh, because I I was having these intrusive thoughts and they were saying, well, what's one thing, no matter how small it is? And I was like, oh, I need need to be here for my family. So -hmm. if you need to be here to watch your show on Tuesday, Look forward to look Tuesday. forward to that. Look forward mm-hmm. to that show, or look forward to who gonna water my plants, who's gonna take care of my pet. Like look mm-hmm. for it. Like find something really small like that. And <laughs> as us as individuals on the outside, we need to like I said, we need to stop criminalizing and making people feel bad about not wanting to be here or feel like they don't want to be here. Yeah, first and foremost, everybody's felt that way before, and like around this time last year, like, I really almost committed suicide. Like, it was after a show that I did. I was featured in Metro Times. I made, like, a grand off that show. Like, I did... Everything seemed okay, but I was going through so much. Like, I've been sick for... Like, I just found out that I'm okay. My hormone levels were, like, all out of whack. That was, you know, making it worse. Uh, I just felt terrible at the time. And I... Almost did it, and I called my boyfriend, and he was just like, hold on one second. Like, let me see you first, and that started something. He called my sister. My sister was like, oh, let's go get Coney Island. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and they, like, sat with me, and they were with me and on the phone with me and figured out a way to, like, let's stop it right now and work from there. So definitely having, like, that support system definitely helped me, and they told me, like, how much I mean to them and what that would have done to how they felt and how they would go on in their life. And that's what made me be like, I can't do this to them. I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, people ask me all the time, like when I'm at work or just in general, as a mantra, I sound like an old Southern man all the time. People say, um, how are you doing? I'd be like, I can't complain. And the reason why I say that I can't complain, because truly I can it's stuff that people want to complain about, but nobody really wants to hear that shit. So to be honest, you need to find, I do find the joys and the positives. I try to keep the upside of things going because there are things that I can complain about, but why? You know what I'm saying? Um, because there is something else that's happy. I'm alive today. You know what I'm saying? The sun's shining today. Or it's raining, so we're going to get flowers in a couple in a couple weeks, you know? Um 
I'm able to come on this Saturday to record uh, for our show. I'm able to do the stuff that I love to do. I found You've those things. You've conditioned yourself to look at the positive I've things. I've conditioned myself to look at the positive things. Those are the things. things that you look forward to doing. Look forward to doing. You want to see those things play but out. But I didn't always feel that way, though. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You, you know? conditioned yourself to get there. Yeah, and it's just a, it's a step. You know what I'm it's saying? It's a journey. It's a it's a real real journey. It's a second by second thing sometimes. And sometimes you have to look at yourself in the mirror and really like literally say like You're gonna be all right. I'm gonna be all right. Like after um, you know, going through my breakup or whatever, like I felt really low. Um, life for me changed after that. And then I start be- becoming super busy, you know what I'm saying, doing everything and that stuff starts stressing me out. But I looked in the mirror and said to myself in tears one day, like, mm-hmm. you know what, nigga, you gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you gonna be all right. We so, all gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And we gonna be okay, y'all. Yeah, so we gonna be all right. Who else gonna be okay? All Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that nigga is gonna be all right. Finally, so Lil Wayne has had like this fucking struggle with Birdman. <laughs> who Birdman remind me of a uh, red off of the five heartbeats. Like my hours are nine to five. Not giving niggas money at all. Okay, so Birdman won an eight figure settlement. The numbers haven't come out, but eight figures. Lil is Wayne. Lil Wayne. Yeah, Lil Wayne. I'm sorry. Yeah, Birdman is probably about to file bankruptcy so he ain't gotta pay none of these niggas back but uh so little wayne won a eight figure settlement and he gets to put out the album that he's been trying to put out for what like 60 million years (laughs) so you know um the only thing i have to say about that is read your contracts y'all like get a lawyer like this like this went from the nigga he was kissing in the mouth to like the nigga that like fucked him over like he was calling him his daddy like all this different shit and he fucked him over about money so no matter what no matter how much you I don't care if it's the person who birthed you Mm. get a contract Mm -hmm. and sure it's fair on all sides yes and make it work and this you know Lil Wayne's one of the best but also his raps have sucked for a long time, like a couple years now. So who knows what this album's going to sell like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you said eight figures? Mm-hmm. Eight figures. Um, so it's not actually Birdman or Cash Money that's paying him. Actually, Universal is paying out the fine Okay. Uh, instead of Cash Money. So Birdman still hasn't dropped any change on it. He's like, fuck this whole thing. <laughs> so Universal took the chop on it because they do want Wayne to yeah. drop this album. They do want it. So Universal's releasing mm-hmm. it. Um, he's no longer with Cash Money or Young Money. Good. But, you, you know, yeah. they owe... Uh, young money, money as well. So yeah. that's this is going to be a trickle them. down effect yeah. to who else needs to get a check. Mm-hmm. So Birdman's going to be spending a lot of time um, alone, alone with Tony Braxton. No, with Tony Braxton, she yeah. broke too. So yeah. I'm very excited. Actually, they could be broke I, together. I, they can't. I actually, I actually usually don't get excited about like. I don't want to call it a Wayne Wash, but whatever. Washed or old rappers like putting albums out. But I'm actually really excited to hear the Carter. Is it the Carter Five? I'm actually really yeah. excited. I'm actually really happy he's getting his money. Uh, so that lighter flick, that lighter flick. But ease up on the codeine, though. Like we want you to to, to be yeah. alive, Lil Wayne. We want you to be alive. So yeah, I, I w- a tour would be awesome. Yeah. Like a tour because he has so many great hits. Like if he did like the upgrade you freestyle on the tour. Ooh, I would throw my bra. <laughs> I wonder. Chanel. Chan- yeah, Chanel. That's that's all she had. And so <laughs> maybe this, she'll get a check. Maybe she'll get a finally. check. Finally. Um, 
made me lose. She my was in Detroit for like three weeks. She did a song with like Icewear Vezo and shit. She was trying to get any coin she could. Yeah, I hope this new fuck al- Birdbath. I wonder if this new album he's gonna go in the studio and like add because it's the, he yeah yeah it's been done. I mean it's been done, but now as an artist like. It's done, but now I've been sitting on this album for three years, and I recorded it probably longer ago than that. He probably has so much music stored from that he was just recording and not able to put out that he's he like, fuck it, there's another album coming. He might 07 Wayne it <laughs> and just put out shit yeah. and put just, out just shit and going. put out shit. They could put out like over a thousand songs in the 2000s, so yeah. Yeah. ain't no telling how many he's sitting on right now. Though, That's so. where Nicki's work ethic come from. So yeah, Lil Wayne, we are so happy Drake's for you. Ethic. We happy for you. Fuck Birdman with his mm-hmm. old stealing ass. Go be with Tony Braxton. Brinkley ass Love tattoos you you on his head. Yeah. So. So I have some um, confusing <laughs> information that I kind of want to <laughs> share with the world. Um, 35% of Michigan students are not college. No. Less, less than. than 35% of students are are college ready. Less than 35% of college students in Michigan, of students in Michigan are college ready. Yes. Said, yes. Okay. No, you still said it wrong. So. But yeah. So let's <laughs> parents be quiet. Less than twenty five percent of college of um, it's See? high school juniors are only less than that thirty five percent already. Yeah. So anything over that thirty five percent, they are not ready. So boom. Now, now you can go ahead. Sixty five percent of students ain't going to fucking college. That's what needed to be said. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> and this is why. It's this right. is that Common Core math shit. See, we confused. We're, we confused. <laughs> See, here we go. Um, but it's based off of um, not just like it's based off reading and math. Mm-hmm. So the like basics. the basics. So it's not off of anything spectacular. No, I don't have to dissect the frog to go to college. It's based off of these two facts: reading. And arithmetic. So you're telling me that you can't do math, or you're not teaching math, and you're not teaching reading. And what's bothering me the most about this is that there's so many... The school system has changed so much and is continuously changing since even we were in high, in high school mm-hmm. and getting college ready. Because I felt like I was prepared, but when I got to school, I mean, I ended up having to do the same things over again. Like, people yeah. do. You get to school, you have to do your gen ed. the same classes that I... Wasting my money. Wasting my mm-hmm. money. I'm taking again because now I take these requirements in high school. Take them now in college. And so I that, sucked at math. That's proof right there that they didn't have faith in any of us of what we had. And probably they were probably right. So it's really bothering me um, oh. that these students are not know. ready. I just think that um, – it goes back to funding. Yep. I mean, if you look at the way Big that the time. money has been distributed throughout the district, and think about like districts like Detroit Public Schools, where you can't re- get, really get any money for anything if the school is not already performing to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. So how do you get funding to a school that's not performing? Like, how do you fix that? So um, I looked up some numbers um, on WXYZ7 ABC. Um, Anu Prakash had this article on the website. Um, the lack of funding, the resources, the programs. So like 63% of... Michigan uh, high school seniors didn't meet college uh, readiness for math. Almost 40% didn't meet benchmarks for reading and writing. So the issue, I don't think, is necessarily with they're not teaching it. I just think that, like you were st- we talked about off air the other day, yeah. how teachers have to have multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. They got to go home. Or, like, the funding. Who was that lady? Betty DeBose or whatever Betty DeVos. Doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know what she's At doing. All. And if we talk mm-hmm. about it, like, these kids have been in school for a long time, mm-hmm. too. We're talking about juniors. That's 11 years. So yeah. this is not just a mm-hmm. 45 administration problem. Mm-hmm. It goes, a lot of money goes to military spending. Yep. Detroit is putting in $65 million for a new jail when they could 
put that money in the schools and you wouldn't have to build a new fucking jail because niggas would actually get jobs and not be committing crimes that you need them to in order to fill your privatized prison. So, Preach. W- which we got to pay our tax dollars with anyway. And you got them in there doing slave labor. But that's a whole nother topic. It's just about but it's Yeah, it's really. But you think about it. America is supposed to be this number one nation and we're supposed to do all this. If we're going in this direction and not feeding our youth, we are not going to be number one in shit we ain't at all. We have in a long time in anything, actually. At, in anything. Like, yeah. these kids, we don't put an emphasis on trade jobs. You know, welders make good money. We need that. We need these things. We need people to go into construction. We need people to be doctors. We need people to be lawyers. We need to people to do these things. But it's going to take them 10 years of college to get a bachelor's degree because they have to start all the way from the beginning. And it's not fair because kids deserve better. And especially kids that their parents can't afford private schools. They can't do these things. So not just it's not just a Michigan problem. It's a nationwide problem because I'm sure that these statistics are the same a lot of places, and they deserve so, so much more. And we have to put that funding. There aren't after-school activities. You know, after-school activities require a certain GPA for you to be in clubs and organizations and in sports and stuff, and they don't have that. And because these teachers have to go work a job at Target after they get off work, so they're not staying and doing tutoring because they're only making $32,000 dollars a year and that ain't feeding nobody pay these teachers what they deserve and then the education system would go up but period because they have the time you have to pay for the, the time they need to pay teachers but you pay the teachers great you gotta now put what? funding you in the programs to well the, yeah the programs no for I, it's, sure it's all systemic like mm-hmm. you think about it, if you have it you create a society for people that are uneducated and are poor and you build in prisons every other week what do you think? Yeah, the school to no, prison pipeline is real. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. There's mm-hmm. no money in Facts. educating people. You're going to just have them college ready saying so go to go to college and get in debt and not work because they can't get a job. No. The cheap, the most affordable and cheapest thing to do is to create criminals, put them in jail, have them sew fucking labels on the panties all day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, until we figure that out, until we can get down to the root of everything, and capitalism is a direct correlation between everything that we're talking about today, um, then I don't know what we're going to do, y'all. It's it only it's only gonna get it's unfortunate to say that no, it's it's, right. it's gonna get worse. You're right. It's gonna get worse, and I hate to say it's it because I, I just want to be optimistic about it. But it's unfortunate to be I, I can't be optimistic about this because mm-hmm. it's showing and proving that the education system is diminishing. And you, what blows my mind the most is that teachers are our most prized possession. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, because Allegedly. we would we we wouldn't have doctors, we wouldn't have lawyers, we wouldn't have these people who we pay. M- Thousands and hundreds and have these major lifestyles if there were not for a teacher in their life to begin with. And you're telling me that these teachers have to, can't afford, it's not like they they can't afford their own living. They can't also afford the time to give to their students. Mm -hmm. Like, so putting money, funds into the program is putting money into the teacher's pockets. Like, making sure that they have time, like, if I, if. Paying them extra to tutor, paying them more to get supplies, giving them things they do. Because even in our teacher episode, you know, they get a two, $250 statement, like, <laughs> for supplies for the year. Yeah. Like, come on now. For a class of 40 students. For a class shit. of 40 students. Like, yeah, when you're in school eight months out of the year, though. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I mean, we could talk about this this thing all, forever, day, all day. All day. Get it Let's together, talk y'all. about something a little bit more fun, and we've all done it, <gasps> niggas and Uno. All right. So, how do y'all play Uno? 
I play it however we all decide to play it. Yeah, like that's, that's the question agreed. you have to ask. Like to how y'all play Uno? How we playing? Yeah. Are we playing triples colors, and doubles? You know. Are we doing colors? Are we doing numbers? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how many packs of cards are we using? Yeah. Like I like to use two packs at once instead yeah. of just one. Because the game goes longer. You can get yeah. continue to go and then so more draw for us. Um my cousin one time had a um a deck that was like all like Ma- like uh, trick cards, not numbers, but they were colored like draw fours. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. the draw twos, the skips, stuff like that. So he fed those in without us knowing. So he always had like super draw fours in his hand, kept throwing them out. But as I get older, I realize that I don't want to even have to do this debate anymore. Like when it comes to like, so I'd rather just play it the regular way and call it a day because the debate gets so heated. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Right. We never play the game. We never play or, the game. Or, or, or you would all decide we're going to play it like this and in the middle of the game. Can I do this? No, we didn't. No, no, we, we not said no we doubles. Said no. We said no doubles. Well, I forgot. It's already down. So, so I only want to play now. No, I quit. So now I'm flipping over chairs and knocking over chicken wings. Yeah. Period. So period. All the Captain J's is on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas sneezing because lemon pepper all in the air. Like, seriously. I've, I used to cheat when I was a kid, so I used to, like, put two cards down at once. Like, I would put them, like, <laughs> oh together, God. like, real slick, and I used to, like, put it down. Michelle used to catch me and get pissed. She'd be like, you're cheating again. I catch all, everybody cheating at Uno. <laughs> like, listen, I am watching the number of hand cards you got in your hand. That's not I am cheating. watching. That is smart. No, no, I'm saying I'll catch everybody cheating. Like, oh, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I'm watching, like, <laughs> I have seven cards. I've dropped one, so and I have now have six cards. All right. <laughs> I went. How come everybody got two, and I, I'm the first person to go? Like, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. They cheating. Yeah. So, uh, but you Uno know, fights can be like really break up families and like friends. <laughs> so, like people will beat yo ass <laughs> over Uno. People get so upset, and I've never played Uno with money. So niggas is just never. fucking no. mad off the principle. <laughs> no, because your money can fly so fast when it goes to if you if we put money on. Uh, I don't Uno. even know how that will work. Me neither. Um. Don't figure it out. Okay. Don't start. <laughs> Do like, not give niggas ideas. Then the next headline is going to be like seven shots. <laughs> oh, no. Like we, we yeah, definitely yeah. not doing that shit by their grandmother. But yeah. speaking of whooping people asses, whooping people ass. Who's Snaz beating up this week? So we gonna who we gonna beat up this week? All right. So I just want to start off with um, a definition I kind of made up uh, on my own. Opinions. Opinions are. Um, what I like to say, emotional responses or reactions to something that you saw or read or something like that. So lately there's been this like game or this thing on, on here, uh, a.k.a. Twitter, <laughs> called My Unpopular Opinion. Now, my beef with that is that, one, most of these are not opinions, and two, most of them are also not unpopular for instance, when someone says, um, you shouldn't beat up your girlfriend in a relationship. That's not an unpopular opinion. That's not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> it's against that. the law, number one. And number two, <laughs> what? what? Is your girlfriend okay? Sis, reach out. Why you got friends over here. And a lot of the stuff is, is just bigotry disguised under the form of an opinion. Like, for example, I don't think men should wear dresses. Just, sis, just say you're homophobic and move on. That's not an opinion. It's not valid. And also, opinions, when you're making one, can be wrong. Can mm-hmm. be very fucking wrong. Chantel tweeted what Shani did. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> what was the, the tweet that you put? Can we stop? No, I put unpopular opinion. The shut the fuck up edition. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. So I have a couple of my own actual unpopular opinions that I want to share with everybody. Mm. Okay. Okay. 
Number one, macaroni and cheese is disgusting. Oh, that is a unpopular ass opinion. <laughs> Our I think it's clear in the room. I'm no. Tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay. You boil some fucking, fucking life you boil. depends on macaroni and no, cheese. No, mine does not. I have eaten macaroni and cheese from everybody's grandma, aunt, all the diabetic elbows. <laughs> Shit's nasty. I, it's, I don't like it. I've been trying my whole life to get into it. My girl make the best one. All right. Nah, she don't. This shit nasty. It's bland noodles with nasty, sharp, mild, jack, cheddar, Swiss cheese on top of it and paprika and you baking it. It's fucking gross. It's disgusting. This episode's Throw over. Throw it away. Okay? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Shout out. All right. Bye, guys. This is my, this is my last, last episode, by the way. They're, they're packing my shit right now. So, second unpopular opinion that I have, I think penetration during sex is completely overrated. Completely overrated. It is overrated. You know why? Because most women don't come strictly from just penetration. They either okay. need a combination platter or something else. Come on, combination like platter. Nipple play. Mm-hmm. You can orgasm from that. Trust me. Yep. Just found out I could. <laughs> okay, sis. Clitoris stimulation. Mm-hmm. I've been doing about that one. Put myself. your face in it. Put your face in it. And sometimes you ain't even got to be on the clit. You can be around the clit. Mm-hmm. You can be, you know, just in the, in the ballpark. Talk to your partner, okay? Talk to your partner. Penetration is overrated. Especially when people mm-hmm. ask me how I have sex. I'm like, so you just stick your dick in there and that's it? Like, you don't, you don't do nothing else. You, you don't have a mouth. You don't got fingers. You don't use toys. Like, I know your woman ain't coming, so she can just come on over here. <laughs> yeah, she can, and she, she can find entendre. out. She can confirm this unpopular opinion with me, okay? My last unpopular opinion I got for you all. Proposing during someone's birthday, graduation, or at someone else's wedding is fucking trash. If you propose it at my wedding, so I will beat you up. fucking rude. Why would you propose to me, number one, on my big day? So now when this, first of all, did you ask me if I want to be married? Number one. Number two, did you ask if I want to marry your ass? So now, you, <laughs> now you got me out here on blast in front of all these people in front of this camera, mm-hmm. pressuring me to say yes to you. So now when a relationship that I didn't want to be in with you in the first place fails, every fucking time my, my birthday come around, or Christmas comes around, or or when I got my fucking uh, <laughs> my fucking degree, I'm thinking about how your ass ruined my motherfucking moment. Stop proposing to people during, especially men doing that to women. Don't do that shit. Sis work really hard, four to six years sometimes to get to get your first degree because shit happens. And I didn't post my struggle post about how I got kidnapped when I was four years old, adopted by aliens. Um, I was sex trafficked when I was eight and a half, but then I had like died and came back to life when I was 20 and I don't know my dad, but now I know him. Like I just put, put my whole struggle post on my graduation picture and you're going to ruin it for me, Tommy. Really, nigga? Really, nigga? <laughs> don't do that to me. Do not propose. Look, propose to me on a random day in fucking March because ain't shit going on in March. A nice Tuesday <laughs> afternoon in bed. Bef- that, that was after you asked me if I even want to get married and maybe to your ass. So in conclusion... A lot of you assholes are not. See, those are opinions. See how unpopular some of those were? Especially the mac and cheese one. I'm going to catch hell on that one. Yes, That's you okay. Are. I'm ready for it. Have your lactose intolerance bowel movement and keep me out of your nasty ass macaroni and cheese. See, that is how you form an opinion and you make it unpopular. These probably will not get 700 tweets. Maybe the first one won't even get that many, the macaroni and cheese one. That it's going to get a lot of messages. A lot of, how I, have, I, I might have to get off of Twitter. Yeah. That's all good. So do not post your unpopular, shitty, racist, sexist, homophobic, trans, 
homophobic ass opinions, okay? Just say you hate gay people. Just say you hate women. Just say you don't <laughs> like poor people. And move the fuck on. We don't want to hear none of that bullshit. Because, first of all, it's not helpful. It's a bad and wrong ass opinion. And if you got a motherfucking problem and think that somehow, someway, you're going to come and do something to me, I got another motherfucking unpopular opinion. Actually, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. You're not going to do shit to me. <laughs> you're not going to do shit to me because I can fight and run fast if you're bigger than me. <laughs> and if anybody got a problem with my unpopular opinions, which I know y'all will, whatever, feel free to send me your location. And don't be bringing no nasty-ass macaroni and cheese. Bring a kale salad. Kale salad. <laughs> Um, so that's just been a big thing. How do you really feel about that? Let's real quick. Um, when it comes, um, to I'm still astonished about the mac and cheese thing. So I don't want to talk. <laughs> um, I mean, I have some unpopular opinions. Like I said uh, a few episodes ago, when Vicky was on about um, how I don't like watermelon. Watermelon is nasty. Like that's an unpopular opinion. I agree. That's an unpopular opinion to some people. Um, but that's. Um, do I have an unpopular opinion? Um, the Beatles suck. They do. Well, that's not an unpopular opinion. Yes, that's it a is. Fact. Yes, she it is. Lied <laughs> by white Twitter if she said that shit yeah. on the internet. So yeah, yeah. So white Twitter being regular Twitter. The <laughs> <laughs> me goes better. Capitalism Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, what's your question? This don't belong to me, Twitter, but I'm taking it. Yeah. So this might be an unpopular opinion as well, but mm. I got a question. <clears throat> what's up with people in their generation with online shopping now? Clearly, I work retail, so I see people return online stuff to my store all the time, and it blows my mind and confuses me, because why don't you return it the same way that you purchased it? See, it defeats the purpose, in my personal opinion, especially for our generation when we look for instant gratification. A lot of our generation looks for instant gratification. I would hate to be the one to go online, find something that I like, put my credit card on file, Wait three to five business days. Three to five business days if I pay for that shipping, okay, to get it, for it to not fit, not look like I wanted it to, and then have to go back to the store to return it, which I could have just went in the first place because the store probably had the fucking item to begin with. And I could have tried it on the first time, and I had made this mistake and wasted this time at all. So to defeat the purpose of online shopping, just go to the store. Now there's several th- people who would think that's unpopular. It's easier to do online shopping because sometimes, especially for women, um, you can put a, a trash bag in a belt and call it fashion. You know what I'm saying? So if it don't fit, she's going to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Or she's going to leave it in the, the closet. For me, however, I can't do that. I have to make sure that it's tailored. I make sure that it's fit. If the shorts are too short, I can't wear them. If the Things of that nature. So ultimately, it just confuses me because people return, come to my store all the time and get upset when the me- message on the box says, Online return only. So you have to get a shopping bag. You have to get a, a mail bag and print out your receipt and tape it to the bag and mail it back and then wait three days for it to get to them for them to actually get you your return. So you come to the store anyway. So to defeat all of that, just come to the store. Now, there are a couple of things that can make your shopping experience a little bit easier because people don't really like the loud noise, the people in the area, depending on what day you go to. So here's a couple tips that can help you in your shopping endeavors if you decide that what I'm saying makes sense. One, go on a weekday. 
Don't go wait till Saturday or Sunday. If you do work a nine to five, I get it, but the mall's open to nine. If you really need to go pick something up or check something out, you can definitely window shop with low with people not in your face, with uh, with employees from those certain stores not trying to bother you. You can really find like a, especially a Tuesday or a Wednesday are slow days in retail for you to get, go and actually find stuff. Also, a lot of people don't know that shipment happens in the middle of the week. So when you go on the weekend, can't find your sizes because on Tuesday it got there. And mm. and now it's sold and now it's sold. So now you have to go online and try to find the size. That's a good tip. You know, so go in the middle of the week. Also, go with a friend. Last week I talked. Last episode I talked about making quality time. That's a quality time experience for your friends. You know what I'm saying? If your friend when it's time to go shopping or stuff like that, like go do that with them. An honest friend too is going to tell you, "Girl, that don't fit. Girl, that's not <laughs> mm-hmm. cute. Um, that's not flattering." Because people also make purchases. And then have to return them anywhere because then their friends be like, girl, that's not that's not a good look. You're not wearing that out with You're us. You're not wearing that out with us. No. The third thing is also don't eat before you go shopping. You become sluggish. You are you become lazy. Mm. You don't want to do anything. And then also the eating is the end goal. Like, have you ever seen like the girls on Melrose or on Rodeo Drive at the cafes with their shopping bags <laughs> as they're eating? It's because they did the shopping and then now they're eating, getting their cocktails, and now they're done for the I've day. I've literally never seen that. Oh, I've seen it. Never. Well, I've seen it. Paris is a bad bitch. Right. He just told us. Right. So you see those things happening. So those are tips that can help you better off in the long run. Now, for those who have found success with online shopping, I'm not telling you to stop online shopping because um, technology is moving and Amazon is getting shit to you in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I get it. However, um, when you end up having to overall return something because it didn't fit, to the store, then it defeats the purpose of you wasting. You don't get the instant gratification. If I go to the store on a Tuesday and find my size and put the jeans on, I buy it there. And then also, a lot of times in the week, they have major sales going on that people don't know about. They jack prices up and cut down sales on the weekend because when people are mostly shopping. So think about it like that because I'm I'm not paying for shipping and handling. I'm already put gas in the car anyway. So that's neither here nor there. And if I just make one quick trip to the mall and I know what I'm actually going to get, or if I'm going with a friend to have a friend day to do so, then it becomes easier that way. And I don't have the stress about waiting. Because I know for me, when it comes to shopping, shopping online, I'm waiting at the door as soon as I press send. Like, I'm literally like, send. It shouldn't shopping. even been processed It shouldn't yet. even processed yet. And I'm still at the door waiting for them to knock on my door. So I need that instant sure. gratification. <laughs> And <laughs> I need the instant gratification, so online shopping doesn't work well for me. So that might be an online um, unpopular opinion since we're on the topic. I don't think it's an unpopular but, opinion. But yeah, I, yeah, online, I don't get it. People that have disabilities, people that have anxiety, yeah, they can't really function in those spaces. People that are like, but for those who have anxiety, I did give tips people, too. You know, people that you know that can't that don't have transportation to get to places. So it's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, like, I hate shopping. Yeah, it gives me anxiety. But guess what? Take some of my tips. Go on in the middle of the week. I'm not gonna have my girlfriend do it for me online. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, like that, that, that. Well, that was my question, Chantel. How do you feel about online shopping? Um, I do it all the time, um, <laughs> usually. But the reason why I do it all the time is because I'm doing it at weird ass hours. Yeah. Like, I'm high as hell. It's <laughs> two a.m. I have a bag of hot Cheetos next to me, and I am buying toilet paper on Amazon. Are you the purposeful? That's yeah, but see, you're buying stuff that, that I don't n- need right now. That was that was great. <laughs> toilet yeah. paper on Amazon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they got Angel Soft like a 30 pack for like $7, nigga. I'm in there. And Do then, they? 
Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime get you that get you that toilet paper in two days. Right. <laughs> Snaz was writing this down. <laughs> toilet paper, like you can Crazy. buy everything on Amazon, and I like using brand lists, but. The main reason why I online shop too is because I am one of the, I'm a hippie bitch. Like all my stuff is natural. Like I don't use stuff that uh, involves prison labor and stuff. And a lot of that stuff, in order for me to get it at an affordable price, I have to shop online. Um, but with my clothes and stuff, you know, you can't thrift online, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I get what you're saying too, like the experience of like mm-hmm. going with people and like that excitement of being out. And just having fun, so I get that part of it. Yeah, like, and keeping shopping. people with jobs. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. yeah, because I yeah. I realized that working in the store that a lot of people are we getting a lot of online returns, and thank God our store in particular makes the money off of online returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when we get the returns, then we actually get paid for mm-hmm. the online the store. The company gets paid for the online return. But I hear a lot of people, a lot of women say, "Well, I bought seven sizes of the same pant." To try them all on, and then now I have to come here to return them, and I'd be like, and I, and I literally—that's a first-world problem. And I, and I, and I tell them all the time, and I tell them all the time, like you know, the size that you just saved at home, I have right here. Like you just returning these when the one that you really wanted was here. So now I'm giving you back the three hundred dollar return when you could have just spent the fifty nine dollars on the jeans that you needed in the first place. Like it just doesn't make it. It just blows my mind in that Stupidity regard. Stupidity has nothing to do. with Only specifically with clothes, though. I do online shop for like um, other shit. Other shit, like like pens and notebooks and mm-hmm. shit that comes in the mail, business cards and shit. Like that's fine. Yeah. Vagina. All right, y'all. Here's some shit we need to talk about. Speaking of vagina, which we were <laughs> at all. <laughs> Speaking of vagina. All right, so ladies, this is for us. So um. Your pH balance for your vagina should be somewhere in between a 3.8 and a 4.5, which is well into the acidic range. The cause for this is good bacteria living in the vagina that produce a lactic acid that reduces the pH value. So your pussy should be a little acidic um, and tangy. Um, all right. Um, but here's some ways in order to naturally balance your pH instead of using like Vagicil and all that other crazy shit. So Greek yogurt is very, very good. It has a lot of the good bacteria eating it, not putting it in your vagina. Um, <laughs> do not put the Greek yogurt in your vagina. Um, also eating fruits and vegetables because the nutrients in there also, um, allow for good bacteria. Raw cranberry juice is also really good for vaginal health. Working out is also good for your vaginal health. And when you wash your vagina, you are not supposed to put anything in it. So washing the outside of your vagina, yes. Do not put soap in your pussy, girl. Do not put soap in your punani, okay? Because that will... Soap is a base, which is the opposite of acidic, and it will fuck that shit up. And also getting regularly checked by your gynecologist once a year for your annual so that you just make sure everything's all right because it's a whole bunch of stuff. You eat too many corned beef egg rolls and your pussy will get BV. You like sneeze. there's Right. Your birth like, control will fuck your, you up. Your birth control, your period sometimes will cause a, a pH imbalance. So that's why I put Greek yogurt in all my smoothies so that my p- pussy keep that pH on lock. So there's pH. different things that you can do. So shout out to It's Sweet Pussy Saturday right now. That so shout out to all the sweet pussy 
punanis across the world. Yes. Do not put soap. Girl, oh, don't do it, okay? Yeah, please don't, don't do put soap in your and vagina. Also, if you don't have any health insurance, uh, Planned Parenthood, free. If you can go down there, free. Mm-hmm. Get yourself checked out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Planned Parenthood. Shout out to them. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well. No comment. <laughs> of course not. Good. I'm glad you know your place. <laughs> All right. June is Pride Month. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm happy and prideful. <laughs> that nigga shirt. is proud. So, Pride Month is now nationally recognized in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to that and Snaz is moaning. So... <laughs> We're going to explain to you guys in this episode what Pride Month really is and where it comes from. Because a lot of people think people woke up like, we're here, we're queer, we got a rainbow, and this is what we're doing. But that is actually not what happened. So, this all started with a lady by the name of Marsha P. Johnson and a whole bunch of other people. So, in 1969, there was a bar called Stonewall. And... The crazy thing about gay culture was at this time, the mafia owns all the clubs and bars that um, people from the LGBTQ community were welcomed in, which was really weird that it was the mafia, but organized crime used it to like launder their money. And because there were no real safe spaces or safe havens for people in the community, they were able to hike up the door prices and the drinking prices. So it really worked for the mafia. Now, Stonewall was known for getting raided all the time by the police because um, at the time, homosexuality was criminalized. And um, if you were dressing like a woman or a man and you weren't uh, what in their eyes, you weren't one. And uh, if you participated in any homosexual activity, you could go to jail. So they would raid these bars and take people and everything. So there was a uh, lesbian woman who was being drugged out during this raid in June of 1969, and she was being groped by the police. And she yelled and looked at some men and said, why won't anyone help me? And it was Marsha P. Johnson's birthday, and she threw the reports. Some people say she threw a shot shot glass. Some people say she threw a brick. But she threw something at the police, and all hell broke loose. Everyone was rioting, going fucking bananas all over the police. The police were terrified and actually locked themselves in the bar, and they set that shit on fire, and it just went crazy. So this was the first time that the LGBTQ community in New York had a huge uprising against the police and the criminalization of their lifestyle. And it really set on uh, a lot of organizations spurred from this. And a lot of the progress that you see today would not have happened without Stonewall at all. A year later, in 1970, they had the first Pride Parades. And they happened all over the country uh, to commemorate what happened at Stonewall. It happened in New York, San Francisco, a lot of different places. And since then... Pride has been celebrated all over the world in the month of June. So shout out to all of them for saying, fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck this. 
Mine fuck the musical. <laughs> coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera were the two who really, really sparked this movement and continued to make sure that things were happening in the favor of the LGBTQ community. Ain't that right, Snazzy? Don't forget the tea, y'all. Don't forget the tea. Yes. You know, Marsha, she um, was a self-identified drag queen. Um, her and Miss Sylvia Rivera, who Sylvia Rivera actually has been an activist um, starting during the Civil Rights Movement all the way through the anti-war movement uh, with Vietnam. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson was an, an, um, an avid AIDS activist. Um, she was known as the mayor of Christopher Street uh, in, her, in her neighborhood. And in uh, 1975, I believe, that they were banned, drag queens were banned from the Pride Parade, but they were like, look, fuck y'all. And they decided, like, hey, we're going to lead this march. So they did. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, I read somewhere that she was um, also a model for Mr. Andy Warhol, who is the, like, legendary pop artist um, that if people don't know who he is. He did pop art. Um, also a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front. She co-founded Star uh, with her close friend, Mrs. Sylvia Rivera. And also, I read somewhere uh, that she actually disputed that she did not start the riot in 87. In 87, she said she didn't start the riot. Uh, she said that when she got, uh, this awesome. is, uh, yeah, Making Gay History, Episode 11, Johnson and Wicker. Um, she said that she got there at 2 o'clock in the morning and the riot had already started before she got there maybe 40 minutes prior to her arriving there. Um, she said that when she got there, Stonewall Building was already on fire um, and that cops had actually initially set the building on fire, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting. And also, she they yeah. did say that um, that she threw a shot glass, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, and the second There's night, a lot they of said she, reports. yeah, that she yeah. like climbed on a lamppost and like threw a brick or something through like a yeah. cop's windshield. So it was a lot. And it was also was a law that was going on then, um, where they could, like you said take you to the bathroom and check you and see, like, oh, if you weren't a dress, are you a woman, and all that crazy stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah it was actually a, a really interesting time. And this Marsha uh, P. Johnson, who did pass away um, by what they thought was suicide, mm -hmm. and I know recently they actually got the case reopened in mm -hmm. um, 2013. They think it was they the think mafia. Was, no, they think it was either the mafia or they think it was, it's like different, like yeah. conflicting, conflicting situations. situations where they think yeah. who, they don't know who did it to her. Yeah, so. I watched her documentary yeah. and all her friends think it was the mafia or another yeah. organization that was in charge of mm -hmm. Pride and stuff because they said they got mafia money into Pride at the time. And it's crazy to see, like, because their history was not documented and considered American history, mm -hmm. how many conflicting reports there are about even what actually happened in Sparks Stonewall. And that goes to show, like, we need to consider, you know, LGBTQ history, actual history, because everything is, like, oral. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. And How do you feel about that? I'm, first of all, I am fascinated with, I'm a part of the LGBT community, mm -hmm. of course, but I'm also fascinated with the LGBTQ community because there's so many different facets of what happens here. Like, Sylvia... Rivera, activist, um, she did a lot with Marsha P. Johnson, and um, she what and what was so crazy is that when they started to um, these other groups, activist groups for the LGBT community, um, got together, they started to work on the platforms for the popular 
topics of civil rights and marriage equality, and they were kind of leaving the um, drag queens and trans... <laughs> Gender at the time they were transvestites. Then to they changed to the star, changed the name mm-hmm. to um, transgender. Yeah. But they were leaving them out of the conversation. Yeah, and yeah. they led the movement. They started yeah. it and sparked it. They were in the forefront. You see any video of them marching and stuff? They yeah. used them, and then they whitewashed the movement yeah. and tried to push them out. Yeah, and so I, I have a much larger after doing my research because I always have a respect for drag queens and trans. And but now I'm getting more respect for the trans community, because that's definitely a um, topic that I wasn't educated on, that I needed to educate myself on. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, they actually, like, were in the forefront of, like, yeah. this They had the movement on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah. and um, just reading about the way that they moved and they made shit. Sylvia um, and Marsha made shit happen. And they barely had anything. Had they anything. were poor. They and they poor. sacrificed and all that. If anybody watch um like Paris is Burning or watch any um documentaries about the L- the early LGBT New York um scene, you will learn a lot about mm-hmm. politics. You learn a lot about um marginalization of different groups. You'll learn so much about how um they will take you and use you and then leave you. Yeah. And then leave you after the this march was gone. Cause she on her deathbed was angry. Um she was still on her deathbed, she was still doing activist work yes, on Sylvia. her on her deathbed. And she was saying that, you know, it just really upsets me that, you know, even we have to have this conversation about mm-hmm. labels. Like, because, you know, she was a drag queen. Um, she also labeled herself, well, she didn't like labels, but they also consider her transgender. Um, the house uh, family trans, took trans woman. Yeah, because uh, Sylvia left home at ten, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. her parent, her dad abandoned her. Her mom mm-hmm. died when she was three, mm-hmm. um, and so at ten years old, she's on the streets. Some uh, gays um, took her in and then named her Sylvia. Some drag queens took her in, named her Sylvia, and help her push that movement. So for many mm-hmm. years, from 10 until her deathbed, you she know what was saying? passionate She about was passionate it. about it, about the culture and uh, making sure that we found equality mm-hmm. in our world too. And she spoke out for uh, trans women and drag queens of color. Like she definitely was headed towards that. So I'm like, just just to Marsha P. Johnson and to Sylvia mm-hmm. Rivera. Sylvia yeah. Rivera was once even booed at a Pride event. And it's it's on video. And I see her being booed and they're telling her to get off the stage. And it's such a stab in the back. It's like, how fucking dare you when she put... They could have got killed during that riot. They could have gotten killed doing all of that stuff. In the end, Marsha P. Johnson was murdered. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, really, really fucked up to see how the LGBTQ community ended up treating them at a point in time. Because Sylvia Rivera did, you know, people ended up starting to give her her dues. And now, if we teach the history correctly, you can't deny these women. You cannot deny them at all. So, speaking of... Pride and not denying people and actually being pride of, proud of who you are. What does pride mean to you, Sness? Uh, for me, this is actually a really good question because um, for a while I never really thought about it up until yesterday when I actually saw the question. Uh, pride to me, it's it's a time, um, a month where you get to completely be yourself. You know, you're not getting catcalled by like men or you're walking around and you're being yourself and you're, you feel safe and comfortable with who you are because everybody else there is just like you or similar to you. 
you know. Um, so it just it just makes you feel safe, really mm-hmm. safe. Even with things that happen, like the Orlando shooting that happened at the nightclub, even with things like that, that's still not going to discourage me, especially in June, for me to be like, look, I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. So I'm proud. What about you, Paris? I've been gay and accepted for a long time. So pride has always been a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me the opportunity to believe that whatever happy ending I would like, I could get. You know what I'm saying? Um, It gives me the same effect as a gay man for LGBT, how I feel about Black History Month as well as a black Mm -hmm. man. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, I get to have my chance, my story. My story can be told. Watching um, these documentaries and learning more about Pride, it makes me more passionate about uh, my community, and I never thought that I would be as passionate about, you know, the LGBT community, especially when we started the show, mm-hmm. that me just doing my research about the stuff that I'm going through and the stuff that everybody else's people are like me telling similar stories, and I'm getting direct messages and from people just and tweets from people who listen to the show and be like, yeah, I have similar situations, and I understand where you're coming from on topics of, like, um, gay slander and things of that nature and just coming together. So pride to me overall is about it's about us. Like I kind of feel like it's that time for us to also spend that time to educate because every February we talk about black people. You know what I'm saying? We talk about black history. We talk about um, what the struggles they've been through and stuff like that. And being because Pride Month is fairly new and considering where the other national months fall in that it's really more of a hey people like she said do think it's here we're here we're queer we're you know and we got a rainbow but it's way more to educate and the more we have pride months the more we can educate the people about that civil rights movement and about um the freedoms that we now can have and push forward for more if we see the change if we see this month the change that we've gone through to where we are now it pushes us to want to change more. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, Pride Month means a lot to me. It's a whole lot of words I can say about it, but like I said, yeah. long story short, it's a safe space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows me and my people that eventually we can have a happy ending. Yeah. Pride for me doesn't include me, so I think this is a good time to talk about, well, it includes me to a certain extent, but I'm an ally. So let's talk about like what an ally actually is. Mm-hmm. By definition, a straight ally or heterosexual ally is a heterosexual or cisgender person who supports equal civil rights, gender equality, LGBT social movements, and, challenge, and challenges homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia. You have groups like PFLAG, which is parent family, parent, family, and friends of the lesbian gays, and GLAD, which is gay and lesbian advocate, def- advocates and defenders. Um, these social groups are people who just stand and for us and want to find the common ground also between heterosexuals and homosexuals mm-hmm. and find that um, common ground. Just essentially. There is, like, and for me, like, it's ridiculous that people don't think there's a common ground because there's really no common ground to find because we're just all people who were born this way like if you were born and you were born a heterosexual and you feel comfortable in your skin I don't know why it's hard for you to not be able to understand that somebody like there are things people want to change about themselves all the time and you genuinely do not feel like yourself so I don't know why it's hard for people to wrap their heads around some 
somebody being transgender or somebody being gay or lesbian or whatever they are, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, I've never, like, the first conversation I had with my mom, I was like, you know, everybody keeps calling my cousin a she, but I thought she was a he. And my mom was like, mind your fucking business. Like, Period. that was the conversation my mom had with me. It wasn't, oh, she explained it to me and had to have this sit down with me. I told her that there were these two girls kissing in eighth grade. And she was like, what did I tell you about minding your business? Period. Like, people are who they are, and you just mind your business. It has nothing to do with you. And having that, it was just like, bet. Yeah. Like, it was nothing else to say about it at all. Stats. For me, allies are people that I think should be quiet more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of people mark themselves as allies when they're not. Um, it's not up to you to decide if you're an ally of a community that you're not a part of. Um, and I feel like a lot of people um, centered around themselves and their own agenda as opposed to, like, the job of an ally is for me to be like, this is what's going on, and for you to just be quiet. And for you to... Um, I dictate what's going on. You don't center yourself. You don't lead the conversation because it's not you. It's not about you. Uh, so we need to get away from that. Allies, if you're an ally, be quiet, be silent. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it is, and when it comes to like you asking your mom about like why two girls are kissing, that should have been a different conversation. She should explain to you more, I think. Um, just telling you to be quiet and mind your business. You a kid, you curious, you want to know what's going on because kids can understand. Kids understand. You tell them, oh, they're kissing because they like each other because they're lesbians, this, that, and the third. Great. You just going to go about your day. Um, also, um, with being born gay, I don't necessarily think people are necessarily all born gay um, because the sexual spectrum is just so fluid. Mm -hmm. Some people can spend their whole lives only dating exclusively men and then marry a woman and spend the rest of their lives with a woman or vice versa. Or some people are always have heterosexual thoughts or someone like me who has always known that they were gay from the time that they were like seven, five, six, seven years old. Yeah. Um, so that whole narrative of being born gay, it, it, it's not necessarily true for everybody. For some people it is, some people it, it does fluctuate. But allyships are people that, um, and I think there's a difference too between an ally and between an, an advocate too. Allies, mm -hmm. an example that someone gave me was an ally retweets a tweet for like a trans man wanting to get top surgery and a, um, an advocate donates. Mm -hmm. So we need to separate the two. Are you an ally or are you an advocate? And if either way it goes, you need to be quiet. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Uh, um, I have to slightly disagree to an extent about um, them being quiet. And the reason why is because, like, when black when, – when the Starbucks thing happened and those – cops arrested those black people, black guys, and the white people stood up and said something. You know what I'm saying? There's things that I feel like when things are done wrong to Wait, a community, say, they, they can... I should say more about being quiet in the conversation, trying to lead the conversation more so of what you're saying. Yeah. Not, okay. That's different. No, I'm about to say, yeah. if, if it was to the extent yeah. of leading the conversation, conversation it's not your place. Quiet. But when if you hear like, someone saying the F word, like, Check don't fucking say that shit. Yeah. Like, you don't say that yeah. period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I get what you're saying. I should have clarified. Yeah, because yeah. it's about how, what it's about when you're asked to be spoken. Using to. your privilege, you, privilege. Like you have to, if you are going to be an ally to any community, mm -hmm. you have to be able to know, like you have to know when to sit back, and you have to be able to know when to stand up. Like if my friends invite me to a march. I'm not going to lead a pride march, but if I get invited to the pride march, I'm going to go. 
period. You know, yeah. like, okay, so what's on the agenda? What do I need to do? What does my, you know, am I carrying a sign? Am I <laughs> You're here to help. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm here to help because even with the conversation, me not answering what does pride mean to me, it's not for me. You know what I'm saying? It's not for me. I haven't had those fights or those battles. It's not for me to, it's for me to address and advocate Mm -hmm. and do the things that I can to help. But but sometimes it ain't shit I can do either. And I need to be able to be able to sit back and be quiet during those times and figure it out and do my research. You know, I watch documentaries. I talk to my friends and stuff because if I'm going to be, an ally, I also have to be an advocate. And what do you need? Is there something I can do for you? Mm-hmm. What do you think my place is in that? And sometimes, shit, you don't have one. <laughs> it be like that. Mm-hmm. So speaking of um, people that don't have a place being somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fuck 45. Mr. 45, uh, Donald Trump. Um not surprised because we already know his stance on marginalized people like immigrants and, you know, black people. But he has gone on and has not recognized Pride Month, uh, which is something that's not uncommon for a Republican. You see my air quotes. Um, president, because President Obama um, spoke and acknowledged um, this month as well as Bill Clinton. Mr. George W. Bush also didn't. So how do you guys feel about that? Uh, I think it's a direct slap in the face to the community because, you know, I remember when Obama put the rainbow lights on the White House and in some cases people thought that was very, you know, f- profound. Some people thought that it was a Band-Aid and then some people were just outright fucking pissed about it. But we have so many people in this in this country who are LGBTQ, who have contributed to so many positive things. So to not acknowledge something that's so precious to that community is bullshit. I don't expect, I didn't expect anything from him. And so, mm. and yeah. so I didn't expect, I'm not surprised mm-hmm. because I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's where it comes down to. I know who supports me. I know who supports my people, and I knew you weren't going to. Yeah. So I didn't have an expectation. So, yes, it is a crock of shit that mm-hmm. you as a president, and you're supposed to be here for the people. We can have this opinion about it, but I'm not going to waste my time yeah. with it because I know that it's the brand mm-hmm. of Republicans, period, because it's not just you. It's yeah. George W. Bush beforehand. I'm sure the next Republican is not going to either. Um, I'm, forbid, I, one gets elected. You know, it's just it's it's something that I'm not going to expect you to do something that I know you're not going to do. I agree with you 100%. Like, when I didn't even know he didn't do it, I never was, I didn't realize it because I already know, like I said, how he feels about people that look like us, no Mm -hmm. matter where we are on the sexual spectrum. So I really don't care about Donald Trump. Um, He can suck it. You know, and all that other shit, whatever he does in his spare time. So It's not going to help him get reelected because the people, the, the minority groups, I mean, besides Russia helping him this last time, um, <laughs> the, mi- the minority groups are the people who actually go out and vote and give a fuck. Like, I mean, at this point, especially in the times that we have now, um, those marginalized groups are hella important. So people who are listening, mm-hmm. please register to vote. Also, the, 50, the 56% of white women that voted for him last time, get your shit together. Because y'all, y'all the problem. And the 13% of black men that voted, also part of the problem. You assholes just stay home. Somehow get sick, go on vacation because y'all the reason why we in this shit in the first place. And I don't know what percent of white men voted, but y'all too. But yeah. the white women, mm, yeah. mm. if I see two white women together, I'm slapping one of y'all because one of y'all voted for him. I'm, <laughs> I, listen, I'm not gonna ever expect a fish to walk. 
So, so, bitch. so there's that. You know there's what I'm saying? That, so yeah. I would I would hope one day that maybe, you know, if they, if they want to walk on land, they'll have the opportunity, equal opportunity <laughs> to do so. But I'm not going to expect now, you to do it. But yeah, for now, best, but yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. Mm-mm. Because what? Roma might be prideful and gay all month long. All month long. All year. All, all year. All, long. year. all, all life. life. All life. Life. Period. Period. Yeah. Period. 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 So, period. What changes do you guys think need to be made for the LGBTQ ooh, ooh. community? Go ahead, Snacks. For so long, I was actually having this discussion the other day with somebody, is that I don't feel, I feel like the, the movement has become so whitewashed mm. that as a, black, like as a black person or a black woman in particular, I don't feel like they include us enough. They do not include black people. And that's my biggest issue. I, I feel so alienated from the community. It's like, like, when I was answering these questions and looking over, I'm like, I really never put any thought into it because I never really felt a part of the actual community. Nobody ever asked you. No, yeah. No, my, what, what's my input? You right. know, they leave out, you know, black women. They leave out, you know, uh, just black people in general. They leave out, you know, trans women and trans men of color. They leave, I don't like to say color because I don't care about all that. Black trans men and women and gay men and, and everybody else black across the spectrum. So what needs to happen is they need to include us more. Because statistically speaking, we lead this shit. Like, mm-hmm. black people, we, we lead everything. We, especially black women, we move in this country forward. We on the right side of history. So that, that needs to change. We need to have a bigger say. We need to be a part of conversations. We need to be in the room for every fucking thing. And they need to listen to us. Period. Period. Um, I feel as though that I agree with you. Uh, but in particular, more so about they, I, I don't think that when it comes to LGBT that we focus so more on the G. Like, I feel like it's a it's male privilege. It's the gay mm-hmm. factor that men, black, white, Hispanic, that we get the praise and the platform for gay. I would love to learn more about um, the lesbian culture. I would love to learn more about and see them more at the forefront of the conversation and to see that push. Because, you know, we, now we have transgender in the front of the push. But I don't see... Um, people asking for that assistance or that conversation from the lesbian community. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just like the black on black crime, I just want gay on gay crime to stop happening. Like, not necessarily crime, like killing each other, but like the hate inside of the community. That's something that has to change because if we're gonna build the internalized homophobia, biphobia, yeah, all, all, this, all that stuff yeah. that we've been built, in, we have to let that shit mm-hmm. go and move yeah. forward because um, that stuff is gonna hurt us in the end. Mm -hmm. Because right now we're doing great things progressing. But however, with the stuff that happens within the community, It's gonna stop you, uh, stop us from growing, and that's gonna be the problem for me. That's I want a to whole change. different conversation. It's a whole different conversation. That's a whole lot of systemic things. So you got it, race, gender, like all types of stuff. But also, black on black crime is a myth because that's called yes. an interracial crime. If you if you're white, you live in a predominantly white neighborhood. Eighty three percent of the crime committed by whites. So on white, white, white on white. Right. So let's just let's, let's stop acting like it's just black folks. It's, it's proximity to crime. So yeah. throw that out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> something. I want to see that I think would benefit is people actually treating crimes against the LGBTQ communities like hate crimes because that's literally the federal law for that. And they don't like the majority of crimes done against anyone LGBTQ are not prosecuted as federal hate crimes for like killing transgender women and, you know, beating up gay people and 
those crimes are not treated actually the way that they're supposed to. And that's a change that I would like to see happen. They just treat it like, you know, your average crime. But the motivation behind all of those mm-hmm. is always hate. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them prosecuted as such. It's so sad because I, I've been gay bashed before. Not physically. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's put their hands on me um, in that regard, thank God. But um, just even having that moment where... Um, I felt that I was un- in an unsafe space, and I felt as though I couldn't be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got to move happy and jolly on with their lives afterwards. Yeah. Thank God I had friends with me who checked him immediately. Because I was kind of like a, a, a stuck and mm-hmm. st- at a back, you know, where like, well, shit, you know, I didn't know that this, you know, you don't expect that shit to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't plan on getting gay bashed when you leave the house. <laughs> yeah. but, I feel like getting um, bashed today. You know what I'm saying? Homophobes <laughs> at. But, you know, I, I've, I've seen people actually getting, like, guys and women get beat yeah. by, mm-hmm. for who sexually they are. Sexually assaulted. Sexually assaulted yeah. who, for who they are. And nothing happens. Like, in the state of Michigan, it's not illegal. It's not it's a slap on the wrist mm. if they you can't they're not gonna consider that a hate crime. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I can't get if somebody beat me up at a Coney Island with me and my friends or a fight happens at the Coney Island like after a club one night. You know what I'm saying? I got my crop tops on. It's June. We get gay bash. Nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. As a matter of fact, both parties, if a police report is given, it's. You know, this is the niggas fighting. It's the niggas yeah. fighting. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. As opposed to, I wasn't doing anything, minding my own business in my own spaces. I should have the right to do. And then hands were put on me, and things of that nature is happening to me. I was threatened. I don't feel safe, yeah. and I should be able to do so. So there's I that. I agree with you 100. I do agree with yeah, you. Yeah, so that was a good one. I do. I, I don't. I don't sometimes feel safe. Sometimes I have to like. I feel like I'm adjusting myself, and I think I'm just at the point where I'm like subconsciously adjusting myself, depending on like. Black men, black cisgender men are in the room. It just—it's just that thing, that protection thing. I'm already a woman, and I'm later. I'm more masculine presenting, so I—I I agree with that too. That sometimes I don't feel safe, and I feel like I have to just adjust myself, and I don't want to. Walking because in. what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen to this person. They're going to say or do what they want to do to me, and then that's the end of it. And then walking in a room, you never understand being gay. Because yeah. sometimes you you know that who you are on the inside, mm-hmm. and sometimes that shit exudes mm-hmm. off of you. Yeah. Walking in a room to even now, sometimes going in certain places, having to... Subside. I feel like you have to subside yeah. yourself. You can feel yourself like you can feel yourself like in a in a different weird space. Yeah. It's just not good. It's not good at all. I don't like it. Yeah, that makes me so sad. Yeah. It happens every day, but I mean, yeah. we can't complain. And I think that I know that's not gonna change all of it or anything, but I think that would be a step in the right direction. Yeah. But um, on a more positive note, Start though, killing these niggas. All right, good. <laughs> hey, stand your ground, sis. Yeah. Um, so, what's your favorite part about the LGBTQ culture? Uh, the ballroom culture. Oh my god! The New York ball, like the ballroom scene, is my favorite. Fascinating. Like I'm so fascinated. Mm-hmm. I love it. Can you explain to our listeners ballroom culture? Okay, so uh, ballroom culture uh, start, uh, especially like New York ballroom culture, so where you see like voguing and category. You hear things like category is. Um, if you watch Paris is Burning, you'll get a way bigger construct of what I'm trying to tell you guys. Um, but it started uh, out in New York. Um, and this was a space, uh, opportunity where people can come, where a marginalized group of people can come and truly be themselves. We, we were not in, 
um, a space where, or in a time where we were not getting those movie roles. This was the only time where people felt like they can be stars and win trophies and, and be in their community. So they would have voguing contests, they would have drag contests, they'll have royalty contests, they will have houses. Like it's just a whole production. And I am here for it, but it's also a, a culture, and that's my favorite part of the LGBT yeah. community. My favorite part, when I was 15 or 16, going to uh, Innuendo, uh, was old enough to get in, but I wasn't that bitch. Every <laughs> Sunday, they would have these drag shows. Oh, my God. That's like my ass. favorite. I'm like, what? Shout out to You look life. so beautiful. Oh, it's like, it's like... I don't know. It's like the hood, Whitney Houston or Beyonce. It's like mm-hmm. they got the choreography down and the movements down, and they just like captivate you. And it's just like this is just incredible. Like, how? What is this? Like, I was just so. I love drag shows, Me especially too. black drag shows. I've never yes. been to one with many white uh, white drag shows, but the black. Oh, at your window on them Sundays, drinking them uh, blue motherfuckers for five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like just just. Them blue motherfuckers. Oh God! Ooh. Drinks are stronger at gay bars because we have a lot of stress. Okay, we do. <laughs> and that's, and that's about like one of the like few ones that are like left that's in the physically in the city is in your window. Oh, well, and yeah, uh, like, for, uh, they have drag nights at uh, GG's. They do. Uh, they have drag nights at GG's. Is um, that off the one off Joy Road? Um, off side. of or oh, it's on the west side. It's off of. Warren, Warren, and Joy, Warren, and Warren and Joy Road. Warren and Joy Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they have drag shows there, but like I'm super fascinated with like drag queens too. Like, I love. I'll be in love. Like RuPaul's Drag Race every Thursday. Every I, Thursday. I want to go to DragCon in New York or in LA. Like I want to have that experience because mm-hmm. this is a culture that this this man, yeah, <laughs> sit or this man or transgender woman sits at this table and becomes this beautiful. Gorgeous woman. It's art. It's art. It's art. It's, it's literally art. It's art. literally art. Because you'll look at someone before and then you'll see them after and they look like Cher. Yeah. yeah. Like, Period. you know. Beyonce. You know what's so crazy though? <laughs> it also shows that um, gender is a social construct. It is. Yeah. It shows that construct. just because you're a man doesn't mean that you can't be a pretty woman. <laughs> you know? These are the really facts. Like, just because you're an ugly man doesn't mean that you can't be a pretty woman. Mm-hmm. Like, because some, I mean, like, some people are not attractive because that's, because also makeup and wear and tear and the struggles of life. Like, <laughs> the struggles of life. No, <laughs> the struggles of life, it gets to you, but they, right. listen, they'll sit in front of this makeup chair mm-hmm. and beat down. Beat down. Period. Uh, I wish I could in that I could way. Never, I could never. I could never be a beautiful woman. Yeah. Shut, up. <laughs> Shut up. But this, you guys saying the like ballroom culture and drag culture, it shows all the subcategories in the LGBTQ culture. Yeah. Like there's tons of them, just like when you talk about black culture and everything. There are subcategories in the culture. So having this discussion and talking about where Pride Month stems from and all the things in it is mind fucking because it shows you that it's just not. Oh, they gay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, they gay. They just it's gay. way more oh, they than just, just gay. Yeah. It's way more. Homosexuality is way more than just sex. Like, it's way more than uh, somebody homosexuality who I Homosexuality is not even a good way to label it. Yeah, it's a terrible way because gender is so fluid. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so fluid. So. Yeah, it's, it's about, it's way more than that. Like, it, 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 It's way more than just sex. It's, it's. I don't know. It's just an experience to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know? a it's an experience. Yeah, because I am an experience for sure. Yes, you know, and, I'm the prime time experience. And people's sexual identity <laughs> orientation that's just that's just not even a, a factor a into who they, who they are. It's mm-hmm. not even a piece as to who you are. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that. So yeah, and also you can be black 
and gay or lesbian or or, or trans or whatever. Y'all be tripping. Be acting like <laughs> gay people can't be black. Something wrong with y'all. So I just wanted to throw that well, in. Well, black people feel like they can't be nothing. They can't have mental illness. They can't be gay. They can't they don't have they don't get disease. They diabetes is not a real thing. Like who? They, like Who is saying that? Like Who just, said that? Like so I mean like so we're not even gonna talk about what black the yeah, breaking down of black people. That's a different stuff. That's a different conversation. That's a different, that's a different episode. So big mama, big mama out of this yeah. Unpopular opinions. <laughs> No popular opinion. Mental so health food isn't real. It's gonna kill you. So. And uh big they kept feeding Big Mama cell food. But you know, that's a <laughs> that's a whole nother like conversation. How you burn your arm and don't even know it. And then you put butter on it. That's some that's some nigga shit. We come back from this Fucking every week. lard Crisco <laughs> like, on your elbow. Lay the butter on there, baby. I'ma finish cooking. <laughs> this Bye. family fucked my husband. Yes, I said it. Yeah. Cousin Faith <laughs> fucked my husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We watch a little too much soul food. Yeah. But I think this was a great conversation to minds fuck people. Y'all now know what pride is and you now know a whole bunch more shit than you did before. Yeah. So shout out to that, my nigga. What did y'all do this week to keep y'all peace? Smoked a lot of weed. I mean, yeah. Like I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for Pride. I'm excited to hang out with my friends. I'm excited mm-hmm. to be a part of the culture. So I had to subside that excitement by smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just been hanging out with my boo because she home for the summer from school. So I just been hanging out with her, um, cuddling and stuff. And that's about it. Eating food together. Hey, boo. Do you eat butt when you cuddle? When I when, <laughs> when I cuddle. <laughs> I'm not gonna say when I cuddle, but you know, it happens. It's I saw somebody tweet like they eat butt when they cuddle. It might be less than me eating, but oh god. Oof. Yeah, mm. Okay. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't keep my peace this week um, at all. Um, <laughs> let me just be honest. I started a new job and I've been working like motherfucking crazy and getting stuff together. So I've done absolutely nothing. But tonight, I'm going to get high as fuck and watch Coco because I heard it was good. I just watched it the other day and I cried at the end. Yeah, I heard yeah. that shit. And yeah. I feel like I'm due for a good cry. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to watch that shit. One last cry before I leave it all behind. Mr. Brian McKnight. Y'all. We really about to have a musical, y'all. Yeah. But yeah. Coming soon. Shout out. Today, I want to shout out. My boyfriend, Jeremy, he's been working like seven days a fucking week. And I feel like we need to shout out people who are giving their world their all. So shout out to everybody who's working their fucking ass off because capitalism kills. So shout out to all of y'all. I also want to shout out my baby sister. She's pregnant. And she officially announced it. So I can finally say it. So happy. Um, I hope it's a boy. And I wanted to shout Shout out the entire LGBTQ community and all the things that you have to face just for being your fucking self. You deserve a fucking shout out. You literally deserve the fucking world, honestly. So shout out to that. I want to shout out um, my manager, a.k.a. my mama, who's been putting in (laughs) work for me um, over the last two weeks since since I hired her. Um, I've gotten a new gig. I have a gig on Sunday uh, through her. I got another gig coming up. Um, So I'm really just excited about the stuff that's happening with that. I got my business cards and uh, my my T-shirt. I did get it. You did get it. I did get it. You said it on last episode. I said on last episode. I was going to get it. And I I, I made sure that it came to fruition. I want to shout out Exhibit A Studios for hosting my class every Tuesday. Shout out to um, K 
continuing that. And my students who come, who come every week, I definitely appreciate you. I'll see you at Tuesday. And anybody else who wants to come for $15 at uh, Exhibit A Studios, 739, see you there. And I also want to shout out myself. I've been putting in a lot of work. Motherfucking self. Um, motherfucking I'm, self. Listen, I'm motherfucking tired, but this show not going to stop for nobody. So. It's not. I want to shout out um, my woman. She um, sold her first like big painting for like Ooh. a substantial Ooh. amount of coins a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, she's been working really hard, grad school and painting. So I just want to say I'm proud of you and I love you, baby. Um, I want to shout out um, Pride Month. So shout out to Pride Month. And I want to sh- uh, shout out um, my dad and my grandma. My, my grandma's been in the hospital and my dad's been going through it. So he might Send not listen love. to this. But yeah, I love you, dad. Papa Lions. I Send love you. Lots of love lots to of the love Lions family. Yeah. So it is your girl, Shani the Hippie. You can follow me on Instagram at The Hippie. You can follow me on Twitter at Shani the T-H-A Hippie. Also go on my website, ShaniTheHippie.com. I got some shirts with some quotes on it. So get you one nigga. Hey, it's your boy, Paris Christopher. Um, I am on Instagram at x.pariscristopher. I am now on Twitter as x underscore p christopher. Made it a little bit easier for you guys to do. See, Snaz, I'm taking your advice (laughs) on several accords. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so that's me, your brother from another mother, better than the others. Ow. Yeah, I'm just Snaz. Follow me on Twitter, uh, just Snaz, J-U-S-T-S-N-A-Z-Z. On Instagram, all that. Listen to my music uh, on Apple. On Tidal, Spotify, Just Snaz. Listen to my shit because I need some gas money. And go get my book <laughs> off Amazon. Relax, relax. Repeat. Yes. Download that genre Ow. there because I need gas money as well. And y'all have a good day. And do not forget, every week we are giving shit the fuck away. So make sure you comment on our pictures. DM us. Text us. Tell us what your favorite part of the episode was. And that enters you to win the free shit. Get my fuck giveaway. Ow. Ow. Woo! And we are motherfucking out. Bye. You have just been mindfucked. Keep getting mindfucked. That's all I have. That's all I have.